Hey there, bud. Welcome oh, hey to Bearded there, and Bud. <laughs> Bearded and Board. I'm your host, Tim. This week I am joined by Attic. Hey, man. And Sean. Hey, guys. So what are we here to talk about this week, folks? So what, what I was thinking, so Sean listened to our um, podcast um, uh, that we released a few weeks ago about the... Uh, uh, the Mandela Effect. Here. About the, the Mandela, Mandela Effect. effect. So he called me after, after he listened to it, and we talked for about 15 minutes, and he, 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 he was really going on about the science behind it, and now that I've seen some of these videos, I, I kind of know what you were talking about, especially in regards to memory. When, when we were talking over the phone, I was just like, after we got off, I was just like, I need to Google some of this. I was just like, you know, I, I don't, I, 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 I get what he's saying, but I need to kind of dive into it to, to read a little bit further. Um, so I thought it'd be cool to have Sean on, and to kind of give us his... Uh, his, his insight about uh, the Mandela effect and kind of what he thinks. And he, he reads a lot about the science and behind it and knows a lot about um, memory and functions of the brain. So I thought it would be cool to have him on. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Um, all right. Well, yeah, after I, when I was listening to the podcast, I was honestly, I was barbecuing. <laughs> I was listening to the podcast and just listening to um, you guys talk about uh, the pop culture references of the Mandela effect. Well, really that is the Mandela effect. It's, you know, it's a, uh, it's a mass like interpretation of a memory. Yeah. Right. So some of the ones that I like mainly wanted to touch, touch base on were like movie ones. Yeah. And again, I am no expert. I am not, I don't have a doctorate. I don't have a college <laughs> education. I am just somebody who has ADHD and goes into like hyper focus on uh, that is ninety nine percent of what the bearded and board podcast is. Exactly. We are not experts. We read Wikipedia. We regurgitate shit. Do not ever yeah. take a fucking thing we say literal. <laughs> You're just trying to pass by a pandemic. Totally. And so, like, mainly when I was listening to the podcast, I just was I was thinking like, oh man, I wish I was on this call so I could say this, so I could say this. So I'm glad I have the opportunity now. I can't express um, how much that means to all of us here, just to get some positive uh, feedback and stuff like that. And we're trying to build a community for conversation. So I'm glad that you uh, that you felt that way. That's awesome. Yeah, man, for sure. So let's here. Let's get started. I want to first talk about the um, uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back, right? With the whole, you know, Vader, yeah, being like, "No, I'm your father," right? Yeah, and people misremembering it, thinking it was Luke, "I am your father." Okay, so I personally think, again, it's a collective false memory, mm-hmm. right? Everybody remembers Tommy Boy with Chris Farley. Yeah. Everybody remembers him sitting in front of his fan at the desk going, Luke, I am your father. Right? Oh my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was a clear right? cut, like misremembering. <laughs> exactly. So I, um, and I was the same when I was a kid, I had the desk fan. I would do the exact same thing. Right. Cause that, and like, obviously the movies were very far apart, but still people, Watch Star Wars. It was a great movie. Luke, I am your father, or no, I am your father. 
whatever you remember it to be still an iconic quote, yeah. right? Well, um, the best part about that is that it's a memory that everybody is remembering correctly, but then they're applying it incorrectly. Huh. Right? Yeah, so and it's just overlap. All goes yeah, it all goes back to how like you remember things or how the brain remembers things. So I'll get into that after we first go through a few more of the movie ones. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay? All right. So my favorite part about the Mandela effect is how ingrained Jim Carrey is in it. What? All right. Yeah. So there's so many, so many examples. And really, if you want after this, you can go and there's, there's more examples that I'm going to, that I'm going to touch base on, but uh, it's like, it, it's a whole thing. So first we'll start with Silence of the Lambs. Oh, hey, oh, hey there, bud. Oh, hey there, bud. Tim's, Tim's video just popped on. <laughs> oh, did it? Mine's not popping off for me. No, he, he just showed up here. Tim, put a um, shirt on. Jesus Never. Christ. Hey. <laughs> Nipples are not um, evil. Free the nipple. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go I on. just noticed the no, R2-D2 mug. I'm loving it. Nice. Hey, right? I've oh, got yeah, the uh, diehard Yippie Kaye uh, Christmas mug rocking right now. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Check out my R2D2 tattoo, Tim. Oh, just... yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Okay, anywho, fellow Star Wars nerd over here. I was going to start showing <laughs> off my uh, Black Series toys, but we'll stay on focus. Yeah. Stay yeah, on yeah, focus. <laughs> Her ADHD is kicking in again. <laughs> it's going to happen mm. a lot. Um, oh yeah, okay, so Silence of the Lambs, right? Yeah. Everybody was like, hello, Clarice. Hello, Clarice. Right? And you go back, you watch the first movie, and it's he says, he actually says, like, he greets Clarice, like, many times. Yeah. So he says, good evening, Clarice, good morning, Clarice. And a lot of people, and where Jim Carrey comes into it is the cable guy, mm-hmm. when he puts the slices of ham on his face and he's like hello Larry <laughs> right again they yeah. remember that huge huge scene in pop culture and also another mismemory of that is in the second movie yeah the second Silence of the Lambs he's talking to her on the fo- phone and he says is this Clarice and she says yes and then he goes well hello Clarice oh Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right? Mismemories, like things that, like I said, they're remembered correctly, but they're applied incorrectly. So Putting two things together that are different. Yeah, Yeah, in terms of like time. What would you say to one of the hardcore people that like believe completely in the Mandela effect uh, and stuff? And they would say, well, obviously Jim Carrey must have been from the other universe or the writer of that scene. And then that's where it comes in. Is that just part of like... When dealing with these people, you have to smile and nod, even if shown evidence of where it comes from, or is it? Well, maybe, but, and like, and I, I'll argue both sides. I'm very interested in both sides. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Multiple universe, dude, that sounds so fucking cool. Yeah. I would, that would be awesome. I like, I'm not opposed to it. And I'm not trying to prove anybody wrong. Yeah. But what I like to do is look at the facts and especially with Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey is, uh, his type of comedy. Yeah, he does comedy that people can relate to, comedy that is very uh, associative. Yeah. So within his movies, he takes pop culture quotes, and he um, he finds the comedy in them, right? So yeah. like, I, I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to more. Like another good one is Dirty Harry. 
right? Clint yes. Eastwood. Yes. Right? He he says, do I feel lucky? Right? No. Do you guys remember The Mask? Yeah. With Jim Carrey. There's a scene where he's in the nightclub and he's The Mask. And he's up against a bunch of, you know, a, a bunch oh. of, like, gang members or whatever. And he, like, whips out all those guns, out, takes, like, a thousand <laughs> guns out of his pocket. And he's like, do you feel lucky, punk? Huh? Do you? Yeah. Right? So people always like, Tony Swift, do you feel lucky? He's like, no. Because they say um, in the movie, he says, do I feel lucky? That is a weird one. Right? So Jim Carrey <laughs> takes, like, his comedy, right? He knows, he knows pop culture very well. He knows that people watch movies. And within his movies, he just mm-hmm. wants to bring that, like, people are like, oh, I know that line. And they'll laugh to it. Right, because he he tries to touch everybody with his comedy. You can't. It's hard to go down a road with comedy just on one topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, comedy like some people pick a lane. Jim Carrey, he is an iconic comedian for a reason. That's an interesting overlap that uh, that you're pointing out. I I never ever considered that before. That like uh, this style of comedy for both Chris Farley and Jim Carrey is very fast paced. There's many jokes per minute. Like it's, it's not formulaic, but there is a pattern and a way that they put it all together. There's an artistry to it. So mm-hmm. finding the way that people would say it or recognize it, getting in and out from a line like that's, you know, it's not about being true to the, the line. It's being true to the intent of the line. That's or the, or the delivery of the line. Yeah. Right. Which Chris Farley and Jim Carrey are very good. They're very animated people. So them delivering the line, the uh, the emphasis in their voice, the the cadence, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what people connect with. So like you know, like think of Jim Carrey putting the ha- the ham on his face and yeah. being like, "Hello, Clary." right that's hilarious because <laughs> he does a, he does a great job right yeah yeah so that's... more associative comedy is uh the monopoly guy in uh in uh, uh ace ventura when nature calls yep right so this is really big for um association right that guy at the party so he's in africa and they're at like a hoity-toity party where you know people trade elephant tusks and ivory and all that shit right yeah and he sees this guy that that he associates with the Monopoly guy because he kind of looks like him. He's bald. He's got a white mustache. He's wearing a tuxedo, right? What's the addition that that guy has? He has a monocle in his eye. Yeah. But the Monopoly guy on the board game doesn't have a monocle. Huh. Okay. And and who's to say that over the years, you know, maybe 50 years ago, he did have a monocle. And then over the years, they're like, hey, that's kind of outdated. Let's update the Monopoly guy and take away his monocle and make him just kind of look like a businessman. Yeah. He's rich enough for LASIK now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, Jim Carrey saw that character and was like, you know, I can get a lot of good lines out of this, right, with this character. So, like, you know, he knocks him out, puts him on his shoulder, and he's like, do not pass go. Do yeah. not collect $200. He does all of those lines. It's a bit. It's an associated bit. Yeah. Well, and again, right. to exaggerate the like, this is a rich old white man like the Monopoly guy. You know, you find somebody who's short. You find somebody with the white hair. Put him in a top hat. Uh, what makes him look even more affluent? Uh, monocle. Like, just keep throwing that stuff on there to layer it up so it's as digestible exactly. as fu- possible. That's exactly. pretty cool. I never considered any of that. So, yeah, and so how, yeah go, ahead. go ahead. 
No, you go ahead, Alex. I'm I was just, just gonna. I'm just laying I, on top of what I'm saying. So go ahead. Yeah, keep going for one more because I'm gonna ask you another question here. Keep, keep, keep sure. Yeah, yeah. I've got. I do have one more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was the one that uh, that uh, Samaya said. She said Pikachu. Or a lot of people remember Pikachu having a black tip on his tail. Yeah. And when she said that, I stopped for a second and I was like, "Huh, does he?" So you know what I did? I went into my son's toy bin and I grabbed a Pikachu. And obviously, it's a Pikachu from probably that was made five years ago. So, you know, not yeah. much reference there, right? Or we can go watch the cartoon, which many people have. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, he doesn't have a black tip on his tail. But he does have black tips on his ears. Yeah. It's just a mismemory. Huh. Whether it be visual or an experience. It's the way your brain works. So before I get into that, Attic, what did you have to say? I was just going to say, so how... how if you can explain how that works, how, how that mismemory works, like how, how are we, if I'm looking at a Pikachu right now, how am I associating his ears with his tail? Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's more the imagery that you're, that you're remembering, right? You are remembering the most predominant part of Pikachu. It's, it is his face. His second predominant feature might be his tail or his voice, whatever you want it to be, right? But you remember him in a, in a minute way. There's other things you might remember about him that your brain will instantly forget because the brain wants to forget things. Your brain is a lot better at forgetting things than it is at remembering things yeah. because we as um, typical, um, like, not neurodivergent minds, but like a typical mind, yeah. we experience so much of the world and take in so much data that it is it would be overwhelming if we were aware of it. People who are neurodivergent, people like, let's say, people with autism or on the autism spectrum, they experience everything and they take it all in verbatim noise and noise is like a huge huge trigger because it's something that is easy for us to blur out forget about you know don't let it bother us right our sensory it's very good for our sensories not to be overwhelmed there's a fantastic so, book for that uh, it's called neuro tribes oh that's awesome uh, it's by Steve Silberman and it goes through the history of like people on the autistic spectrum and like, you know, like in Nazi Germany, some people trying to hide them and shit like that. And like just different places and points in times where these people that, you know, wouldn't be able to handle somebody walking down the same staircase as them. So they would build a second staircase or wearing the exact same clothes every single day, like reducing the amount of input because of how much information they can take in and process in different ways they just get rid of all the shit that doesn't necessarily matter it's wild yeah it's and that's why they get so overwhelmed it's very easy to be overwhelmed mm-hmm. for their senses so oh my god um, and that, guys... that's an awesome book i would love to i would love to check that out for ne- sure. next time i uh, go up to ottawa i'll send it off to to addict to pass on to you that's awesome uh, did you ever see the uh who, who played batman recently uh he was in mall rats Ben Affleck, he, he did uh, a movie where he was like a hitman with autism, and the way that he would overcome it was like put on seizure lights and put a rolling pin down oh. his leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
was a movie called? I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh my about. god. Yeah. The, the autistic people were so goddamn hilarious. They're like writing in reviews like if I was capable of feeling embarrassed, I would definitely be embarrassed by what's happening on screen right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And so like he's overwhelming his senses. And like that's why people with uh, like neurodivergent minds, they can recall things like um, like pictures or images. Me personally, I don't have a, lack of a better term, a photographic memory. Or mm-hmm. um, So someone who might want to remember Pikachu, right? Somebody with a neurodivergent mind might easily be able to literally pull up a picture in their head and be like, no, he doesn't have a black tip on his tail. Yeah. Right? But us as people, as typical minds, it's something very easy, like very easy to to put behind us very easy to forget well that's the thing like i i'm trying to learn how to draw now so i just draw stuff that i like and pokemon's one of them and i know that i've drawn pikachu and immediately i know like how the black fits into the tail like it's very clear in my mind that's always been the way that i picture it from the show which Mm -hmm. if that is a false memory it really this calls into question eyewitness uh stuff for crimes because like if your mind is that capable of confabulating all these different details into to something else it's quite frightening to the idea that you'd be like on trial and trusting people's memory when they would be seeing something else yeah no absolutely um uh, i wrote it down because i was doing some research for this and uh um neil degrasse tyson he said it the best Uh, Where is it? I wrote it down. I always write down too much. Oh, yeah. He says, um, eyewitness (laughs) eyewitness statements is the lowest form of evidence there is. Right? People don't remember things correctly, like let alone faces. And like my wife, she could attest to this. She watches so many crime documentaries and like people being like, oh, no, that they see a lineup. Like, no, that was totally him. That was totally him. And they, you know, they have the DNA and they figure out who it actually was. And that person was like, yeah, no, it was that black guy. It's like, no, it was this white guy. Yeah. And like, like, how did you, how do you misinterpret that? Right. It was middle of the day. He wasn't wearing a hood, you know, like it's so, so here I'll I'll get into how the brain uh, processes memories like that. The second I've seen enough 48 hours in unsolved mysteries, the second (laughs) That officer wants to talk to me. I'm calling for a lawyer. I am not fucking around with that shit. <laughs> I, I'll admit man. to anything. Yeah, that's smart, yeah. man. For sure. Because, yeah, like your memory, it's not. Okay, so here. Um, memory, the way your brain does it is it does it in like three stages. So it does encoding. So if, if you're experiencing something and you're like, ooh, I want to remember this, your brain will encode it. Mm-hmm. And then once it encodes it, it consolidates it. And when it consolidates it, it forgets about the parts that it doesn't need. And then the third step is retrieval, right? When you okay. want to recall the memory, whether to talk about it or whether to experience it as like days gone by. And a memory is only a memory once you remember it, right? Oh. The best way, and this is something for you, Tim, in terms of your drawing. Right, you remember Pikachu. You remember draw like and now and but your drawing is more uh, more recent, yeah. right? Your pra- you want to get into drawing. So, 
when it comes to memory is that the, uh, the more you practice your memory, the easier and clearer it is to retrieve. So you've loved Pokemon. As long as I have, we're both, like, we're all in our 30s, right? We grew up with Pokemon. Original 150, fuck the newbies. All right. Right? Exactly. So <laughs> we remember Pokemon, the show. You yeah. know, the uh, we, we, had, uh, we had it on Game Boy, right? I had a Pokedex. Like, we had the cards, everything, right? Yeah. All that experience was just, like, just fun to us. But now, as an adult, Tim, you want to... Um, take those memories and put them on a piece of paper. Yeah. Well, all these years, have you been remembering the fine details of Pikachu? No. 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 Right? You, But you remember the stories. You remember the show. You remember the cards playing, right? Pika Pika. Exactly. You rem- Like, that yeah. is something ingrained in all of our heads. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, Pika Pika. Right? So, um, again, uh, the more... You practice the memory, the easier it is and clearer it is to retrieve. That is like the biggest part to memory, whether it be um, the consolidation of a memory and forgetting things that probably don't really matter. Like, was the tip of his tail black or the base of his tail black? Does that really matter? Yeah. Probably, probably not, right? Yeah, probably not, no. <laughs> yeah, probably not. So um, uh, I want to give you an example of like um, how you can remember things or the way your memory works. So if we were to sit here and I were to say, hey, Tim, list me every movie you've ever seen. Oh, That would take a long time and you probably wouldn't remember every single one. Yeah. But if I were to sit here and be like, um, yo, have you ever seen, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Dave Bridges, um, The Dude. What's that movie called? <laughs> the Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski, right? So yeah. you know what just happened in your brain, Tim? I'm These just starting neurons and synapses just got excited. Oh, okay. Right? And so what I did there was you, you heard something that excited those neurons, and you just got a flood of memories. You remember him drinking, uh, uh, what was his drink with milk? <laughs> uh, uh, White Russian? Yeah. You remember his sunglasses, right? Like, th- like these things all of a sudden started coming back. But if I asked you to list all the movies, that movie may have not have even come up, depending on your yeah. like, your love of it. For me personally, I would have put it in the first movie. I said it's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I'm gonna admit, right? I've never seen it yet, and I know that I have to. Like, it's p- a part of classic '90s lore. Like, I-, I I need to see that. I know there's like. This... Why are we still talking? I will talk to you guys later. <laughs> Tim, you have to go watch that movie. <laughs> when next we set, we'll go down. We'll do a review of the Big Lebowski. There's something about oh, a rug, sure. a bowling alley. <laughs> oh man, and. John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, like, are you kidding me? It's it's an amazing movie. It's so good. It has uh, such a huge cult following too. I so always confuse it with the, uh, the the bowling movie with uh, Woody Harrelson. Kingpin. Kingpin. Yeah. Is that any good? Yeah, that's that. a great movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That. Nothing yeah. to do during quarantine. I'll write that down. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, memories um, as in associations, right? Like, I just triggered something by, you know, saying a movie title, and then your neurons fired to try and pull up that memory. Yeah. Right? Memories have relationships with other memories. Yeah, that's interesting. So, when we're talking about a Mandela effect here, 
right? So let's take the uh, Hello Clarice, for example, again, right? Mm -hmm. So we what we're thinking of probably is more dominantly more uh, of Jim Carrey's Hello Clarice because we find it funnier because people find it more probably more like um, uh, you're able to familiarize yourself more with it. It's more of a visceral reaction. Yes, exactly. So that's that's why. You know, that's why you would think of it as being Hello Clarice because you remember that a lot more than you would the movie. Absolutely. Right? That was a piece of shit. That was a piece of comedy. That was a great, like, right? Like, you remembered laughing your ass off at that. Yeah. And again, it's just, it's because the memory doesn't store things, right? Mm-hmm. Like a hard drive. The memory, it it's a, memories are connections between neurons. It's not a stored image or a stored data. It's connections between neurons. And those connections form other connections for other memories, right? Think of it as like a Y in a road, you know? I, I've put a lot of thought to it because I, I deal with food addiction. <laughs> like, not to like be over like dramatic or something like that, but it's something that I've struggled with my entire life is being bigger and learning to eat less. But a lot of my memories are associated with food food and feelings so if i'm trying to draw on something oftentimes if i want to remember jurassic park or something like that i'm like oh yeah we went out to pizza hut beforehand and i was this years old and then we got popcorn and then duh so it's like each person can have different ones i've heard people are very good with faces or smells could bring back something like that it's it's always curious to see how similar we are in like the brain works in these ways, but your mind, whatever your trigger set of triggers are and like learning to either ignore them or reestablish them. Like, uh, Zach, one of our other hosts, he works with people with acquired brain injury and seeing that people have to essentially rewire their brains because they got jarred so fucking hard is, is yeah, absolutely sure. amazing. So like to touch base on that, it's you, um, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Right, Tim, you, you have those memory associations with food and with some people like me personally, when I smell something, I get flooded with memories, but they're memories yeah. that I, I can't, I can't even talk about them. Yeah. Like that sensory of smell is so strong with me, but memory and like, sometimes I'll like, I'll smell somebody that like I walk past and I'll be like, yo, that smells exactly like my mom's perfume when I was like 10 years old. But that, but that's all I got. I can't yeah. tell you which house we were living at at the time. Like everybody's oh, memory crazy. association is different, right? <laughs> you have food association with your memory. Me personally, and my wife the same. We have music association. Oh, okay. When I hear a song that I haven't heard since you know, like like 2006 or 2000, I get like a flood of serotonin and like the tingly feelings, you know, that go down the back oh, of yeah. your neck. And boom, it's the summer of 2006, you know. Look and at like, this photograph. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can picture myself at the skate park with the guys. I can picture it. Like, I, I, can, I can picture it, so to speak. But really, it's those neurons haven't fired in so long. Yeah. And they were just triggered by this could be the smallest thing. So everybody has it differently, Tim. 
And yes, you do have to try and rewire your brain with your food association. Well, my dad used to be able, because like uh, from where we were, there was for the hockey league that my brothers and sisters were in, it would be about two or three hours, maybe more for like the different games. But to tell anybody how to get to any city or any arena, he could go by every fast food establishment along the way. That's like, oh yeah, two Tim Hortons, you're going to take a left and then they'll see the McDonald's on your right. You want to go past that and left at the kfc and, and like he's talking and the, about fucking the town two hours away and you're like jesus christ man like, and some of those buildings aren't even there anymore like, yeah hey remember where, where uh the kfc was now it's like this coffee shop yeah you know where they were oh, talking about putting that mary browns in yeah they, they never yeah. did that but there was a 7-eleven there so yeah <laughs> Oh, Poor that's amazing! Yeah, so he has very. Attack. Oh. <laughs> he had very visual associations with memory, right? Mm-hmm. And some of those visual associations, dude. Honestly, I bet some of them were wrong. Yeah. Because how many KFCs are on the corner? Are on a corner? Who knows? Yeah, right, of yeah. a huge yeah. intersection, right? It's it's. But if it was something like, let's say, his his job was literally to drive around those areas all the time. He might actually be right because he practiced it. He practiced that association of memory and those neurons, those, those string of synapses firing for that memory. And he got it right every time because he practiced it. Well, and to circle back to what we were talking about with neurodivergent minds and stuff like that, you, you wonder, because I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about it once. I forget. I think it was on his, uh, uh, one of his Netflix shows, but like our pattern recognition and how in some ways Asperger's people or people on the spectrum tend to be a little more evolutionarily driven towards that. That's why like in Silicon Valley where you see all these engineers, they have a lot of kids on the spectrum. But like Mm -hmm. when we were cavemen, there were certain special people out there that could look up at the stars and start to put them together and then create stories that this is the archer and this is the ursa and that's the little dipper. And then judging by where they were in the sky, knew when it was to start time to going north or going south because the weather was changing or like when it was time to start planting crops. But to like put that together in your head that somebody could build those kind of memory associations based on what they were seeing in the sky and the time of year and pass that down before a written language is absolutely fucking mind boggling to me. I agree. I absolutely agree and have no explanation for it. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't make sense like maybe that's why we're here like i was looking at those uh the the videos you had sent before like uh we'll maybe post them on the instagram when this episode comes out but it was talking about aliens and how wrong zach was and how right i was that at a certain point the universe is either Say it again <laughs> <laughs> i was just trying to drop that in there but like all right so are we the only species that developed intelligence and life is very hard to create or are we at the precipice of something going to stop us from moving forward so the great filter the great filter i don't know existential crisis shit there man be be careful sharing those videos some people have issues (laughs) oh really existential crisis absolutely yeah, for sure. Pairing that up with what Neil deGrasse Tyson said, too, I guess, like, just because he's, he's so formidable. He's such a great speaker. It just tends to be what I, I associate with. But, uh, yeah, those do come from a very specific point of view where, like, I, I hear this often because I'm a big science fiction guy, too, is that uh, 
Well, if any species is competitive enough to exist, then once it gets out into the universe, it'll want to conquer. Which is curious mm-hmm. to me. I don't know where you guys fall on that. Do you think aliens are aggressive? I, or you go ahead, Attic. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, all I really have to, I, 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 I haven't really done a whole lot of research on aliens, mainly because they freak me the fuck out. Fair. Um, I Fair. do believe they do exist, um, but honestly, from everything that I've seen, just in movies and like little snippets here and there. All I see is aliens trying to take over the world. Yeah, you know and what I mean? Or aliens trying to take over the universe. And that's exactly like what Neil deGrasse Tyson touched base on. We base in in uh, in Hollywood. We base those movies off of our own personal experiences with yeah. you know um, uh, people going to other countries. You know, people who are more technologically advanced going to a country that's less technologically advanced and taking over for the resources. That's been all of human existence. Yeah. Right. Colonization. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's we base our experiences, uh, or we help make those movies based on what we've seen in history. Uh, there right? was so David Weber. That's what's kind of like scary about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David Weber wrote a book. He he uh, he does some great work. This one was not one of it, but one of the core concepts that he put out there, and I I believe it's from something more complicated and bigger than what I understand, but. One of his suggestions was that there's three types of species. There's the omnivores, the herbivores, and the carnivores. And whenever intelligent life would start on a planet, if you were a carnivore, you're more likely to self-destruct and destroy yourself when you get to the nuclear phase. It's just part of being a hunter, pack animal. Like, you would go and attack and try to gather. Herbivores are more likely to succeed and get out into the universe because they have to work together. You know, you're, you're less likely to destroy. You can share your resources as part of being a herd. Omnivores, you're a fucking wild card. No one knows. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of that has to do with energy conservation, too. Yeah. Oh, right? that's a good and, idea. And, and what hunters, is energy con- con- conservation, sorry? So a hunter would have to conserve their energy because they, don't, they might not always make a catch. Somebody who's a herbivore, oh, you know. I know that tree's got fruit on it. I know this, like, and I can go here and here and here, and I can also ensure I will always have energy because I can grow it. Somebody who's hunting, you can, you can, um, or, or even fishing, right? You can fish a lake dry. You can hunt a area dry, mm-hmm. right? So they may yeah. have to conserve energy more than a herbivore might. Well, I like I I, I I steamrolled us into this conversation just because the last time that we were talking about uh, talking about the Mandela effect, Zach and I got into a conversation about whether or not Bigfoot was more likely than UFOs. He cited that UFOs, because of the vastness of the universe, that the alien life. I'm not disregarding the possibility of microorganisms or intelligent life somewhere else in this vast, unimaginably big universe. Mm-hmm. But the amount of energy that they would have to spend to get here, and like you look up at the stars and half of, not half of them, there's many stars that are already burnt out. You're more or less time traveling because you're seeing something that doesn't exist anymore. It's that far away. Where a holdover species like the Yeti, I, I don't know about you, Sean, but I think Bigfoot could be out there. And one more button on that before we I pass this off. 
Bigfoot is a protected species in Canada, so I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so my thoughts on that are, I agree with you, Tim, in the sense that Bigfoot is more likely because in the four billion years that Earth has been here, the amount of mass extinctions, the amount of evolution that has taken place here. Mm -hmm. Who's to say that when um, uh, Homo sapiens were created, like, right, Homo sapiens were created with sapiens and Neanderthals. Yeah. Who's to say that one of those didn't still branch off and evolve on their own? Yeah. Right? They evolved to be tall, hairy, live in isolation. There's, like, evolution is is random. Yeah. It's not, right? So who's to say that, you know, they, they don't exist? There's a lot more interesting thought towards why there aren't aliens. Yeah, and trust me, don't get me wrong. I would, I would absolutely. If the aliens did exist, dude, that'd be, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Teach us everything, awesome. right? Yeah. Help us with our climate. Help us with our energy crisis, right? Help us. We need it. Yeah. <laughs> so my point to that is, like, let's just start within our galaxy, the Milky Way, right? All other galaxies are pretty much unattainable unless you have generation ships that are going to last for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Those other galaxies are unattainable because of the expansion of the universe. Those galaxies are, are getting so far away from us. If we travel at the speed of light, it still take thousands, if not millions of years to reach them. So let's talk about the Milky Way, the one that we are in, and we can maybe one day explore. Yeah. The Milky Way is 13 billion years old. Wow. Earth is 4 billion years old. If there and there's there's something like a hundred trillion Earth-like planets out there in the Milky Way, so that makes you think like, whoa, there there potentially could be life. And but also, if they progressed enough to be what's called a Type Three civilization, yeah, and they were able to travel to the next star with the generations ship, or they found out a technology to be um, to travel at light speed. Or close to it. Yeah. Side note: traveling at light speed is impossible. You know, mass cannot travel. Anything with mass cannot travel at light speed. Yeah. Only a photon can. Okay. So, um, if that were the case, there's been that means there's been nine billion years of evolution that could have taken place. Nine billion years of them, another planet to try. Yeah. And and reach out, not just travel to us, but reach out with uh, probes. Um, radio signals like we've been projecting information and radio signals into the cosmos for decades yeah trying to see if anybody will read it interpret it said something back i know it's and a flight of fancy but the stoned ape theory if they were sending over comets with uh algae or mushrooms on them and that's the way that they communicate across them like across <laughs> the universe is through like psychotic uh psychonic uh signals is cool not likely. Yeah. I don't want to look like I have a tinfoil hat on. <laughs> Very cool. Dude, I, I have a firm belief that octopus and cuttlefish are aliens. Yeah. They like, like they landed here and like they just are kind of chilling out using our resources because their planet fucking went to shit. It's possible. <laughs> if you got time attic, I know you look confused right now. Look up <laughs> anything on octopus and and cuttlefish, dude, they're fucking crazy animals. They don't make crazy. sense. Like, they don't make sense. Well, and they're looking at jellyfish, too. There's some that are, like, a few hundred years old because they they can self-replicate, yeah. I think, something Regenerate. Like that. Regenerate, sorry. 
Yeah. yeah. They and they don't have brains. Jellyfish don't have yeah. brains, man. <sighs> right? Yeah, that's so, kind of fucky. Do you think gene so, splicing um, will ever take place where we'll be like part jellyfish one day? Just possibly. so we can start self replicating? That'd be that'd be great. Or, <laughs> I would right? Right? Grow a new arm. This one sucks. <laughs> I'm gonna grow a new one. <laughs> um so yeah, back to aliens and all the years that have passed and had the potential to be visited. Mm-hmm. Right? And nothing has happened yet, although, you know, we would love it to. So you're 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 saying you believe in it? You believe I believe I believe personally that um, there could be microorganisms on other planets. Very possible. Because there are, and if that were the case, that'd be good news for us. Because that means we have passed the Great Filter. Right? I don't know if you're able to watch some of those videos, but the Great Filter is, you know, the barrier that doesn't allow a civilization to pass a certain point. Mm. Right? Whether that point be able to, and once we do pass it, you're technologically advanced to, you know, uh, colonize the rest of your solar system or your galaxy. We hope that barrier is behind us. And I personally think that that barrier was probably single cell organisms becoming multi-cell organisms. So, and that's like where, you know, a cell now has a mitochondria in it providing energy and then evolution, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, that could have been the great barrier that we overcame. So, and for, and for all we know, and this is the scary part of it, is if the barrier is in front of us. Who's to say that in our galaxy, there isn't all kinds of planets that are exactly like us. They are just as evolved as us, just as technologically advanced as us, or they have been, and they met that filter, and they lost. That filter abolished them, whether that be climate change, oh, yeah. right? Or they invented some type of technology like AI, that was like, oh, I know the problem with your Earth and why you're destroying it. The problem is the parasite that is you. you people. <laughs> yeah. Right? There's like nanotechnology so, trying to solve shit, and then like you don't, you lose all of your immunities and stuff like that. You just yeah, self destruct. Yeah, it's a it's it's a huge rabbit hole you can go down. Um, so when I think about aliens, I think sure that'd be that'd be fucking cool. That'd be really cool. Do I think it's likely? No, not really. It, it, and like, if if that's the case, like, why, like, um, like, y- you guys came came to us. We like, we are below you, right? If if yeah. the aliens came to Earth, they're like, what do you want to do with us? We're ants to you. Be like yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson said. Do you stop on the street and look at an ant and be like, huh? I want to learn about them. Yeah. Like There's you're so above us. Advanced. What does yeah, it matter, so right? Advanced. I I took advanced. issue with that because an entomologist would. Like, you know what I mean? Like Oh, yeah. Like on broad curiosity. Strokes, I completely understand what he was saying, but specifically But if a civilization has gotten to that point, if they're visiting our earth, why are they visiting our earth? Maybe they just want some resources. Yeah. They're looking for precious metals, they're looking for fuel. Right. And flavor. really, we're just flavor. Yeah. What if they're hungry? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not yeah. like they're going to come. He- and like, that's to Neil deGrasse Tyson's point of uh, aliens being hostile. Right. If they're going to come here, are they really going to come here to um, teach us? Or are they going to come here and take advantage of what we have? Mm-hmm. Like our, like our yeah. resources. 
Yeah, I, wasn't I'm there some videos? Wasn't there some videos released this week of some UFOs or something like that? Did you guys see that? Yeah. I thought I saw something in the news. And did you guys see that at all? I, I haven't. No, I, but I, if there is, I, I want to see it. I saw pictures of it. Yeah. And again, it yeah. just looked like something that could be completely photoshopped or something that could be completely like. <laughs> like vi- vi- visual effects are so far gone right now that it's very easy to. It's hard to believe anything you see on the it's internet. It's hard to believe anything. You right see right now, you're sitting inside of a what six story uh, apartment, looking yeah, out on a great view there, bud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Right? When, like, when you're Facebook when brand really brand. attic, you're a block away from me <laughs> in a semi-attached <laughs> home. <laughs> I know exactly where you are. You are not there. Screw <laughs> that. Screw that. Right? All I see is trees. And like, and for those videos, do you have any idea how many aircrafts are in the sky? Well, that's what I Every first thought hour. when I originally saw it. I'm just like, like. And have you ever seen a map like a jeep like a, a map of the states or canada like early when all the flights are like the busiest time for all flights yeah you can't see the ground Fuck it. you can't see the fucking ground yeah man it's wild like yeah. so it was very hard to, to to really be like you know that to, to try and believe it that's something yeah. that and... i'm still dealing with with the pandemic is in the area that i i live in we're the kind of transfer between ottawa and toronto so my entire life looking up in the sky at night you would see planes every single time you see satellites it's just something you're used to and you filter out when you're looking up at the stars but for the last year and a bit you don't see the planes up there anymore you might see one single plane going above you and it is fucking weird it it, it is mm-hmm. so weird it is out of place it doesn't make sense it's not yeah. the home sky that you're used to or i love when you see like the you see it traveling by and you're like is that a plane or is that like you know sometimes you can see satellites yeah like traveling through the sky and you're like damn that plane's really high it's like no that's a satellite (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe people are are mistaking satellites now yeah they're more visible and and when they said that that, sorry when they said that that video came out and like the eyewitness statement from that uh uh was it like a a pilot for the the air force yeah, it said like his statement, and the government's like, "Oh yeah, it's it's true, it's true. That is what he saw." It's like, is that's what he saw? Like we we just talked about how you know eyewitness statement is the worst kind of evidence. Yeah, there is. Right? Or it was you something can... Russian, and they didn't want to admit to that, so it's easier sure. to say UFO. Yeah. Or damn, someone's flying their drone really high up in the air. <laughs> it's it's it's, yeah. it's crazy to. And hopefully we're able to, to kind of get some of these video up when we get this episode posted. But it, it, it's crazy to, to see those and actually understand why eyewitness statements aren't the most reliable thing. Mm-hmm. But still, I know I understand there's really no other type of, you know, something else that can be used in court. But it's crazy that they still use that yeah. as evidence. Even, even after everything you know about the brain, they still use that as evidence for different stuff, right? Well, yeah, I like cops. I, I'm I'm a fan of them. I, I know in the last year there's been a lot of terrible shit happening in the states and stuff. But that's why we got to get all of our police officers fucking body cams. I know that shit can yeah, still be misinterpreted, yeah. but if we can afford money for other shit, we can fucking afford to protect our police officers and put for fucking sure. body cams on them. Absolutely. Get rid of the bad ones. Sure. Fucking cam every single one of them. Yeah, and like so many people, even cops to that point too, they have that perception bias. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. It's what it's what they perceive, not exactly necessarily what happened. And That's like, true. and I 
I know I'm going to keep touching base on Neil deGrasse Tyson, but that guy is a fucking king, so he's a legend. I don't care. Yeah, he said um, in that art in that video, I guess I sent you guys. He said a quote that I absolutely loved. Yeah, he's like, um, it's on it's on perception bias. He says the things when things don't make sense, we have the urge to make it make sense, so we can think about it in a way that is consistent with our reality. Wow, you just fucking blew my mind, man. Right. Think about that guy in the it plane. It makes sense. Seeing like, oh, yo, that's a UFO. He wants it to make sense what he's seeing. So he's like, oh, obviously it's a UFO, right? Just because you yeah. don't know what it is doesn't mean you know what it is. Wow. But you're, but people have this desire to understand what they're looking or, or you know what I mean? To, to I, 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 I get that. Like I, I, if I look at something and I don't get it, I do everything I fucking can to understand it because it pisses me off that I don't get it. Yeah. You know what that is too? It's your natural instinct to survive. Hmm. It's a survival thing too. Yeah. In what sense? In the sense of that when we don't know, when something doesn't make sense to us and it scares us to our core, we are afraid of it. And when we are afraid of it, af- af- being afraid is a survival thing it's a survival response so we don't want and comes with that adrenaline and anxiety and we don't want that so if we can make it make sense then we make ourselves feel better Hmm. we can survive right or you fight or flight and you fucking run away (laughs) it's a weird association but like um they're starting to blame some like a lot of the witch trials and shit like that on psilocybin there'd be like all of a sudden, all of like yeah. the rye in town for like making the bread would get the fucking fungus in there. Then everybody's tripping out on magic mushrooms, essentially. And then they're like, well, I guess to make this make sense, a bunch of women in town are witches. So let's burn Witch. them. We can fucking get back. It's like, yeah, it, it's all those different layers of like, yeah, that can add up to something terrible, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. And another great example is people who like who want to believe in ghosts. So they go out to like a haunted mansion or something or an abandoned insane asylum. And they're like, yo, we're going to catch ghosts. And then a rat runs by. Where the wind blows, and they, they have yeah. their perception bias. They're like, "Yo, ah. that was a ghost," right? Or yeah. they have like they have those those meters that detect certain things. It's like, "Oh, the this frequency just spiked, or this heat, or something just spiked." It's like, "Yeah, there's probably a lot of other explanations for that," but you're confirming your bias. And hey, if that's what, in your head. what makes you happy, go yeah. for it. It's yeah. great entertainment. Yeah, I'll give you that. Those paranormal shows are awesome. Yeah, it's great entertainment. <laughs> The only problem is they start to call it science, and that's where we all yeah, get that's... in danger and anti-vaxxers <laughs> that, and shit. That upsets, upsets me for sure. And I like that Attic is is now letting us believe that he is now, in fact, not in a skyscraper. That's right. That's like, all right, guys, I'm home. Well, Mom, boys, so came back from the pe- just came back from the penthouse. You can go anywhere with these backgrounds. It's crazy. We are yeah, coming up on just about an hour, so I guess... Before we leave, we've covered off a lot of Already? stuff today. It was just a ton of fun. Wow. Um, the last question I have, this came up earlier when we were talking about like alternate realities. Is it murder if I go to a different timeline or dimension and I kill myself and take over that Tim? Like that Tim's life. Is that murder or is that just like cutting a fingernail? That's so really say that again. So, you, so, so sorry, you said you go back? Uh, okay, so you know how we were talking about Mandela effect and like there's a yeah. possibility of a bunch of different dimensions or timelines kind of all 
what if I skip over to one where I like that Tim's life more than mine? I kill him. Yeah, like he's not saying he's time traveling. He's going yeah. to a different dimension. It's a different where dimension. It's the same as ours, but that Tim made different choices. So there's two Tims right now. Yeah. He's leaving oh. our dimension, so he disappeared. We would report him missing and put him on a milk carton. And he is now in that dimension, removed himself from that dimension, and is now taking part. Is that murder? I would say yes. You'd say yes. All right. You're, you're, I mean, to me, you're, you're physically doing something to somebody, regardless of what dimension you're in, right? You're still going and you're still, it doesn't matter if it's yourself or if it's an alternate of yourself. As long as that physical presence is there and it would be in a different reality, you're killing that Tim, right? And that Tim, like, I guess you okay. How about you, it's, Sean? It's, oh, oh man, yeah. <laughs> I love these kinds of questions, and the sci-fi in me wants to say no. It is not murder because fuck, would that be a cool movie? Oh yeah, sick, um, right? And the reason why is because nobody would know no difference. In Tim's yeah. original reality, in his dimension, he would be missing to us. We would mourn him and, you know, we say our goodbyes and we would have our memories of him. Mm -hmm. But in the other dimension, nobody would know the difference. Other than some of Tim's friends and family would be like, dude, why don't, how do, you don't remember we went for coffee last week? Yeah. You know, things would be a bit weird. It's certain personality things. If I'm going to take over a more successful version of myself, that person was obviously more driven. Maybe they had yeah, better memory or something like yeah. that. I so or I you didn't know that you were laundering money in your big fucking CEO company, right? <laughs> and you're about to go to federal prison. That's a man that's lost some Twilight Zone. I like that. <laughs> you come in, you take it over. It's like, oh yeah, you've made all your money in gay porn. Fuck. <laughs> you're under contract. Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm supportive. I just changed. Thing. I don't know, man. Tim's like, shit, I picked the wrong dimension. Say that to a ball gag. All right. All right. I, I like that answer. Uh, Attic, before we leave, is there anything that you want to uh, promote or touch on before we go? Uh, no, just make sure to keep checking me out, guys. At guyant.hisgrill on Instagram. Got some cool dinner ideas and uh, just random food that I either steal from other people or make up myself. Nice. Did you put together your smoker yet? I did, man. I just got it, put it together. It's looking nice. I'm going to take Sweet. some pictures on it or put it up on Monday. Awesome. Yeah, you're going to have to bring some stuff and leave it on my doorstep, bud. Yeah, for sure. I got two smokers now, man, so we can just double the meat, buddy. Double the meat. Yeah. How about you, Sean? Is there any uh, where people can reach out to you or is there uh, anything that you would want to promote? People could reach out to me on Instagram. I'm uh, I'm one Sean John one, Sean is spelled S E A N. Um, you know I'm not really nothing too exciting goes on on there. Just you know if people have questions, sure they can reach out to me there. Um, I don't have really anything to plug. Definitely follow uh, Attic and his food. Uh, it oh is God. definitely an awesome Instagram. I love going through it to make my mouth water or get oh some ideas for di for dinner. Right. Um, Mainly for me, I don't know. I'd I'd maybe ask people to spend less time on social media. Hell yeah! 
spend yeah. more time with the people in front of them. Yeah, not your phone. Doing kick-ass fun that's podcasts the, on a Sunday night. Right? That's, that's, that's just how I feel. I oh, feel yeah. like at the top of the show, even Tim said, we all have addictions to our phones. I'm guilty yeah. of it, too. And <clears throat> especially right now in the pandemic. Oh, buddy. So, yeah. so many people sitting in the same room just staring at their phones. I feel, I feel like conversations should happen more often. I'm on a continental shift. I took Wednesday and Thursday off, so I had the entire week. And I didn't turn on my TV other than play video games with, like, Attic, like if I was actively doing something. And mm-hmm. uh, I deleted Instagram and Facebook from my phone for that week. It, like, doubled the amount of time that I had off this week because there was no hours a day lost flipping through, seeing fucking... Tide Pod eating little shitheads tapping their fucking crook of their elbow and shit that I don't understand and I just I, all for it go for it if you enjoy it it's just I don't get any of it yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah. and, it doubled and my maybe time maybe this is and maybe this is all us you know uh, millennials remembering a better time yeah maybe that's the case yeah. maybe it isn't all, all all I'm saying is that I actively try my best to spend less time on my phone it's hard Sometimes, you know, you get bored. Yeah. Uh, but what's more important is if you're stuck at home with someone, be stuck with them. Yeah. We're, we're buying board games and shit like that. We're trying to make the best of right? it. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Like, my, my wife and I, like, we're, as this podcast will attest, I talk way too much. But it's just the way, way we are. My wife's the same. We talk. Like, I've been with, I've been with her for... 11 years and wow. there's still a conversation that we won't have that's beautiful or a new conversation like we never not talk it's uh it's it's awesome i love that's it and also that's... go ahead i was gonna say that's a lost art too man is people like just the art of conversation know. yeah yeah it's uh, what's also lost too is that like when you're having a conversation is trying to make sure that that person doesn't get offended by what you're saying or like you have an idea that they might not agree with let them not agree with it talking it that's 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 the best part about conversation i often find people have stopped listening to and they're just waiting to speak you know uh, absolutely getting back around here you know especially in the editing process i can hear myself do it from time to time and i'm trying to get better but uh guilty Oh my god, getting to sit around and talk to people every couple of days has been so much fun, especially when you're like, alright, well, we're gonna talk about this, which it seems weird coming in with an idea as opposed to being like, well, we can talk about anything. If you can talk about anything... Who wants dead air? Right? (laughs) You got nothing to say. But but if you're open to the conversation, dead air won't happen. Yeah. You're open to listening, it's not gonna happen. Absolutely. Hey, any time that you want to jump back on, Sean, this was a ton of fun. I hope you feel welcome to the community. Man. I'd be happy to, buddy. This is this is a lot of fun. I loved it. Nice. Well, uh, we'll look at my schedule for the two weeks from now and see if there's something we want to talk about and we can do another episode. I'll let you know when this goes up. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks boys. boys. Well, for Beard and Board, bye. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.